Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Kreft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. Every now and again, a business pops up that I am just super intrigued to hear the story behind and how it all works. Today's guest, Don from Citizen, is one of those times. Along with his three business partners, a chef, a brewer, and a baker, Don is taking the circular business model to the next level. Citizen was inspired by the fact that every year around the world, we waste a third of the food that we produce, which is actually really scary when you stop and think about it. So Don and his team decided to do something about it. Citizen makes new products from surplus food. They rescue food waste and rework it into delicious new food and drink. To kick off, the Citizen team have just launched their first product, beer that is made from surplus bread. Then, and this is where it gets a little bit mind-bendy, they take the brew mash that's left over from making the beer and make, wait for it, bread. (laughs) If that is not circular, I don't know what is. I am so keen to hear the full story behind this. Not only like where did this idea come from, but what it's been like developing it and what it was like launching it during a global pandemic but also like how it all actually works in practice and what Don and the team are planning next. Let's go. Hi, welcome Don. Great to have you on Pep Talk today. Whereabouts are you um, joining us from for everyone listening? Hi everyone. Thank you very much for having me. Um, We're actually based up in Auckland um, and we're just enjoying a, a sunny day in the middle of winter. Nice. And of course, while we're talking, and I think when this comes out as well, it will still be in lockdown for you guys up there. So what's that been like second time around? Yeah, it's been a bit different this time. Um, like it was sort of um, all together and positive and, and greater good. Um, and I think it's been a little bit harder um, financially for people, for a mental, from a mental well-being um, perspective. It's just been a little tougher, both on kids and older. Um, so yeah, we're hopefully, hopefully the, the, the work that we're doing is going to be good and it keeps in Auckland so we don't have to close, close any other places down. It's quite interesting hearing the stats um, that people have been talking about, the difference, you know, like economically between shutting down just Auckland or the whole country and how that all varies. So there's so much to it. Uh, I, I agree. And I certainly don't understand how amazing they are at, at managing the process and understanding from a tracing perspective. But you're right, health versus economic is a really tender balance that they're, they're, they're having to manage. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it boggles the mind thinking about how they plan it all out, but I trust that it's under control. <laughs> Me too. I'm with you. I trust. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have to, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> 
All right, so I'm not sure if you've heard of pep talk chat before, but we always kick things off with some this or that questions, which just get us a little bit warmed up. So um, they, are, they are really not serious, don't worry. And you'll know from the first one what I mean. <laughs> so number one for you, we've got socks matching or mismatched? Mismatched. Every time. Oh, really? Yeah. Not, I'm not organized enough to have matching socks, and I quite like it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that stresses me out just hearing you say that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure it's very enlightening about your personality. Like, you could just ask that yeah. and that'd be yeah. it. Maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we've got texting or calling. Ooh, that's a tricky one. I like to talk. I like to call. Mm, people are definitely one or the other on that one, I reckon. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. We've got eggs, scrambled or poached? Scrambled. Uh, I love it because you have scrambled eggs on top of lovely citizen sourdough bread. Happy days. There you go. <laughs> yes. Oh, nice. You threw, got the plug in there and with some, with some good butter as well. Uh, nice. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. Next, we've got work alone or work in a team? Um, like this is the whole the thing that the journey that we're on at the moment we're just really learning about that power of collective in terms of like-minded people make better decisions and and better better processes so yeah team all day long mm, I suspected knowing a bit about what you're up to that you might you might be a team guy <laughs> okay last one we've got art festival or music festival I go music festival um, uh, and I've always loved going to them, like the longer, the one, two day is, they're a good fun. Nice, not that we're doing much of any of that at the moment. I know, well hopefully, if we win COVID, we'll be back on for summer. <laughs> we will win. <laughs> I like that way of putting it. <laughs> Alright, so I'm very interested to hear a bit about your own background, Don, just to set the scene a little bit, because of course you are here to represent Citizen and, and your group that we've already heard a bit about, but it's also cool to hear your story and how you've ended up where you are, like what you studied and what, and what roles you've had in the past, um, and I did actually do a little bit of a Google stalk on you to try and figure this out for myself, and I got where I got to was that you're either a Welsh cricketer, a former Welsh cricketer, uh, a commercial insurance broker, a marketing GM, or a convict. So I'm kind of interested to hear which one it is. Ooh, I kind of like the Welsh <laughs> convict side of things, bringing two together. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm nothing, nothing so extravagant as those. So I'm a, I'm a Kiwi-born boy. Um, I grew up on a farm up in Northland, um, spent all my life up there, played sport. Everything I could do was sport-based, and I loved it. I um, studied um, in um, Palmerston. I wanted to be involved in agriculture and food production, so I studied at Massey University for three years. And then through my sport, I had a scholarship to come up and I played hockey and, and did my final year up here at Auckland University. And um, that's when I got involved in sort of international um, food production. So it was called the Dairy Board. I worked for the Dairy Board. Now it's called Fonterra in the early days. And then I worked for an exporting company, um, moved over to um, a small venture called J Jason Placemats, and I sold placemats around the world. And then I travelled, and I, that's when I left New Zealand after working in New Zealand for about four years and worked at Marks and Spencer's Food and then got agency. And did, got, that's how I got involved in marketing and agency work um, and spent about 18 years doing agency work. And at one point, 
I had made the decision that I was going to step back to client side and that was working for an appliance company, um, a European company and that's how I got involved in sort of understanding the sheer scale of food waste um, and I had the lucky opportunity to work with people like Massimo Bottoro and um, Tristram Stewart who's a leading advocate in the UK for making positive change to the food waste system in, in, in the UK and, and Europe. So it was, it was through my work that I kind of discovered this sheer challenge that we have, which isn't just UK based, it's obviously a global challenge that we all face. Um, and that's kind of where my interest um, was peaked. Um, and then we, we, re we returned home, we've got three kids and it was time to bring our kids home and get them wearing jandals rather than flip-flops and, and a little bit more of a Kiwi <laughs> upbringing. And so we moved back and, and that sort of interest didn't move away. The whole concept of food waste was something that was there. And it's a challenge that we face here. And, and what I've loved about being back is that people are open for challenges and conversations that we've had have been pretty much all positive and people wanting to make a positive difference. So it's a great place to be home and doing it. Ah, that's a cool journey. And it does it all like obviously lots of different roles but it all leads very nicely to kind of what you're up to now with Citizen and we did mention as well that there is a team uh, with you are uh, doing this with you um, so how did that all come together so you've got three of you or four of you total don't you and all kind of on the same page with everything but we did you guys know each other before or who who brought you all together the short answer is no we didn't know each other um, so the inspiration behind um, Citizen, it's all about reducing edible food waste. And one of the projects that I was working with um, in the UK was actually called Toast. And Toast was taking fresh bread and actually brewing beer. So the whole concept of brewing beer using bread isn't, isn't new. In fact, actually the origins of beer came apparently 7,000 years ago, bread got wet and it fermented and people tasted it and they quite liked it. And that's kind of how <laughs> beer originated. Um, so Toast would Toast had taken this original concept and were doing some really great things in the UK. Um, I actually talked to them and asked them, would they be interested in doing it in New Zealand and us running it? And they said, in the nicest possible way, Donald, like, we've just gone, uh, we're doing well in the UK, we've just gone to the US, and the sheer scale and size of the markets versus our little, little old New Zealand islands down on the other end of the world well, weren't quite on the radar, <laughs> bless them. But um, what it did is it encouraged us to get on and do it ourselves. Um, so I actually made one phone call to one brewery and that was to Mike at Sawmill. And it was, a, it was the lovely bit about being back in New Zealand when you pick up the phone, the owner's answer. Um, <laughs> we arranged to have a beer and I, I explained the thinking behind this concept of being, taking bread waste and using it into beer. And um, he immediately said, yeah, I'd be really interested. Um, however, that was a week, literally a week before he had a fire in his brewery, um, which was really devastating. But bless both um, Mike and his wife, Kirsty, um, they stayed committed throughout that whole process of rebuilding a brewery, dealing with COVID round one and now round two wow. to being involved. And we chose Mike for one or sort of three reasons. He's an independent, he makes great beer, but most importantly, he's only one of two B Corp breweries in New Zealand. So it was all about making great things, but it's all about making it in a great way. Um, so, so that was how it sort of started with Mike. And then we started doing some exploration and we realized that um, 
whilst it was good saving bread and putting that into beer, which has a good benefit because a lot of the bread that is going to waste actually doesn't end up in landfill, which is great, it's going to stock feed, but actually using it for human consumption in our view is the best use. Um, and it's saving malt barley, you don't have to grow as much malt barley because we replace about 25% of that with bread, so there's two benefits there. But at the end of the brew, there is still a big tank full of um, spent grain and that either goes to landfill or, or is again goes into stock feed. And we thought, well, there's got to be something in that. So we did some research and we actually worked with the Callaghan Innovation Centre and the Food Bowl um, Centre here in Auckland, which are food technologists and innovation support um, organisations. And they helped us take what was a spent grain and turning it into a spent grain flour. And as soon as we had a product there, which was highly nutritious, high fibre, high protein, high antioxidant and good yummy and tasty because it carried some of the multi-flavor we threw again we got introduced to Andrew at Wild Wheat and he is really passionate about two things outside his family which is making great bread bread and drinking lovely beer so it was a match made in heaven so <laughs> we were doing product development and meeting in car parks um, in COVID and I was handing him beer to say thank you for his next loaf and he was handing me bread and this was happening through that sort of first shutdown period. Um, and it was really just a, a common thread of, again, his passion was, is making great things. But again, his passion is about reducing bread waste. So it's very true to him. And that's kind of how that got started. And now we're, we've, we've launched one loaf and we've got more coming. So that's exciting. I love how full circle you've gone on it. Like it's not just the wet, the leftover bread making the beer but now you've gone back again into the beer making the bread and it just like it blows my mind a little bit how that actually works <laughs> and and what it's really interesting this whole process is we love it as well um but like every time you see a step and there is a byproduct or an overproduction that's an op that's an opportunity and what can we do with it that's that whole mindset that we've got it and that's led us to our third um uh, member which we haven't spoken about which is the wonderful chef Ben Bailey and um, we we're actually um, my day job is um, GM of marketing at Fisher and Paykel and we were doing a project together with Fisher and Paykel and through getting to know him there again just before lockdown we met and had a beer and I said look this is a passion project that I've got here's some beer here's some flour and Ben spent sort of COVID number one lockdown baking things at home and sending me videos of showing different products and different ideas and it kind of just grew from there and we went this is so great come and join the collective and he signed up and he's a co-founder as well so it's it's been a really lovely organic process finding good people that uh, that are in this this country looking to do good things it's definitely the word that popped into my mind too just the how organic it sounds of like you know you just pick up the phone once and have one conversation and then it kind of step after step just sort of spirals from there like really naturally which is cool and what about choosing the name how did is there a story behind the name well this is where my lovely wife sarah who's involved as well um she's a creative genius and a brain whereas i'm not um and it was we were playing with different names and this whole concept of um, we wanted something that was um, fresh and different, 
but it, it, we wanted to make sure anything we were doing, we were trying to create a positive movement, and it was about people, and it was about not not trying to make it onerous or laborious, i.e. I have to do, I have to save food, waste, I have to act a certain way. It was actually trying to be a, a positive and inspiring, creating good choices and helping you be a good citizen. And therefore, it kind of came back to, well, let's just call it citizen. So it was kind of, again, a really um, natural flow to get there. Um, but it feels really, it feels good. Mm, it does. And it, and it, you've done a really great job with the branding that it ties in with that as well. And it definitely has that movement feel to it. It comes across. I like that. Oh, thank you. So we, we actually, we worked with um, um special group who's a design agency for that. And I, uh, my background is marketing. So we get told you have one logo and it's blue and it's big and don't do anything with it. And um, with citizen, we went, well, actually if we're, disrupting the food system by having a fresh approach we wanted to do the same with the branding and we felt that the brand needed to be agile so it could be different things for different products because while we're doing bread and beer now we've got other products coming under this whole ethos of re rescue and rework so it needed to be flex flexible but also we wanted it to stand out and not do a classic branding job yeah and I, yeah and already even just with the few things that you've done you can kind of see that there's different iterations of it but it's all within the same family like it all very much speaks to the citizen brand even if it varies in its format oh awesome that's really cool oh i like it thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you've got the you've got the name down you've got this team and the idea and the plan and then i guess you you're actually turning that into our product and, and your first product being the beer so I, I gather that it was like a little bit different uh from ordinary beer you know using the bread to make it you have to do it a little bit differently did it take long to kind of perfect that new method what did you have some really dodgy batches in between a you're right there was a, a learning to work out how to do it i must admit and this is the great thing about working with good people is the first batch that we did straight off the bat tasted great um, and um, we'd researched it, we'd planned it, and we'd played with different methods. But um, yeah, we were actually drinking the first batch, and we weren't doing that whole clenched eyes and bitter sort of buck teeth <laughs> as we sipped it. It was very much a, actually it was enjoyable straight from the get go. Through the process, we've done quite a few brews now. We've we've refined it. We've now worked out how we look after the bread to get its best result. Because what we use the bread for is we actually get the starch from the bread to do the brewing process and a little bit of the salt flavor um, salt goes through as well but um how do we do that in a the best the best manner and also <coughs> excuse me the, the fastest manner from an energy perspective so there was lots of technical uh, sort of know-how to work out through the process which we've got there hopefully and what about getting the bread like that's obviously a really key part of it is that you you need to be rescuing this bread from somewhere um as kind of the foundation of it and to make it really circular so has it been hard like how has it been kind of convincing bakeries to to give you that waste bread so accessing the bread has actually been really positive experience as well um we firstly we actually reached out to foodstuffs um as an organization and they were immediately open and welcoming because they are really passionate about making a positive difference as well and we we're initially getting bread from individual supermarkets based on unsold bread so it reaches its display date but still fresh to eat and then as we've grown we've had to have specific quantities and we've created recipes for we have certain amount of white bread or multigrain etc in our pale ale versus our pilsner so we've been working with Goodman Fielder again looking to reduce their 
um, food waste, a lot of their bread goes, or all of their bread goes into animal feed, which is great, rather than landfill. So it's, they've been really supportive in terms of making bread access to us. So organizations, again, they're keen to make a positive change. So the conversations have been really positive and really supportive. And likewise, we're actually, we're selling in Faro, um, both our beer and bread, and we go in and we actually collect our bread that's not sold, and we take that and put that back into our process as well. So <laughs> that's awesome. Mm, mm. It gets so, even more circular when you so start doing that. Keep going round and round. Happy days. But, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully not, because we obviously want people to buy it. But you know, worst case, it goes back in. And that's a really good comment because we're actually we've said, and Farah have been really supportive. We said we'd rather bake less and run out rather than bake more and not sell. Um, so that's a conscious decision from us. Um, and again, they've been really supportive in that. I guess it's like from a supermarket's perspective or a food producer, it kind of gives them a really easy, uh, you know, it's handed to them on a plate. Like this is a way that you can contribute to this problem. You know, we'll, we'll do all the work. You just need to allocate it to us. And then it gives them a kind of, yeah, just hands it to them on a plate, a way to kind of not tick that box because I don't want to put it like that. But, um, you know, it, fulfill that part of their values, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, those organizations, they are, they have got programs, they've got initiatives, but they need, need support because um, there is a big challenge in there. So hopefully we're part of it on a small scale at this stage and it will be a growing scale as we go. Mm. And then uh, we kind of talked already a bit about Farrow being a stalker. So I'm kind of ke- keen to hear what it's been like getting this product launch. And I guess the timing is going to play into it a little bit as well, which we'll hear about too. Uh, but getting the kind of word out about this, getting awareness, uh, it must help that you have a great story. You know, it's quite unique. Uh, it stands out. It's not just a regular food production story. So that must get you some of the way, but you still need stockers and you need end consumers to pick it off the shelf uh craft beer scene i presume is quite crowded so i'm kind of interested to hear what that process has been like for you has have you got quite good traction so the short answer is yeah we've we've been really fortunate and really well supported and i think there's a few few things in there like firstly we started this whole process and we we came into the market and we said new zealand doesn't need another craft beer because there's already uh, a huge amount of really amazing breweries doing amazing things so just being another craft beer wasn't what we wanted to be and I think what's helping us get traction both from a media perspective and a consumer perspective and as well as a retail and um, distribution perspective is our core purpose is we're reducing food waste and we're making it in a positive tasty high quality low impact way and people kind of are ready for that sort of choice. Um, and I think why we chose to work with these people that are really great at making great things is we, we knew that it wasn't good enough just to make a beer. It had to be a great beer because we wanted people to buy one, two, three beers because that was going to help us reduce bread going to waste. So we knew taste was the number one and having a great story behind us in terms of our purpose and our ethics was really important. And I think it's as a business that story is going to grow, and I I keep on looking down at my feet because I look at Allbirds, a really great example of that. <laughs> they started with a really brilliant product. It was really greatly designed. It was good quality, and their their credentials have improved. So the sugar cane sole came available after time. It wasn't there at the start, and that's kind of how we're following as well. We're saying. 
we're doing it this way because this is the best way we know how today and then we're going to evolve and grow so join us on this journey um, as we grow and um, do things differently and hopefully better as well and I think that yeah you're right in the story angle uh, you know like I mentioned to I've mentioned to a few people that I'm talking to you on the podcast this week and pretty much every single one has been like oh yeah yeah I've heard of that it's, it's such a cool idea and it just like immediately gives that recognition that just saying oh we're starting a new craft beer company doesn't doesn't provide we've we've already mentioned a bit about the repurposing food you know we've talked about about that angle of things a lot but I know that you're you know you guys put yourselves out there as low impact food and I guess that really means that you're not just talking about repurposing that bread and the brew mash you actually need to look at the entire business and and the way that you're doing everything and like you mentioned already doing things in a low energy way is a part of it but you have to make sure you're low impact in every way so um i think i saw that you're working towards being carbon zero as a whole by is it 2022 which is a, i know a big process so what how does that all look for you the great thing is is because we've started afresh We've started with one of our friends, um, Sam, is um, right into sustainability and measurement. So right from day zero, we've been measuring our impact. So right from our car journeys to our electricity that we've used, and we're tracking and learning what we're, what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, we're working with um, um, Toitu and Ecos, which will help us offset in the short term. But also we're looking for that end-to-end. -end. So ThinkStep is helping us do exactly like you're saying from raw materials. So we've got the benefit of reduced barley and we've got the benefit of reduced flour in our products. But we've got obviously inputs to create our, 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 our beer and our, our, our bread. So having that whole view is very much what we started with. So that's where we're really conscious that it's actually going to be not easy but it, we're, we're, because we're starting fresh and not having to undo things, it's, um, it's a better way moving forward. And that's why we've chosen people like Sawmill, because all of their brewing processes have minimized their impact. So working with people that are doing things that way is helping us as well. So it's, it's been very much a core part of why we started and how we started. Yeah, that's a really good point because, and this is so new in what well, relatively new. Like I had a bakery business, like it might be maybe seven years since I started it, and like this that you know the sustainability side of things was part. It was like starting, but it really wasn't the forefront. Like it didn't lead business in the way that it does now. So it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes, like into the future, and if it goes even further in terms of being like led by these world problems and businesses starting from that i think it has to i think there's got to be like you're already like you say it was there a few years ago you're starting to see new initiatives coming about and as we've started you're meeting people that are doing really amazing things be it in food or product and different products so i think I think the consumer, if you look at all the consumer researchers, consumers are now expecting it. It's not just a nice add-on. And then also consumers understand that sometimes you have to pay a little more um, for things because actually the cost was always there. We might not have felt it in our wallet, but it was impacting either on environment or um, wage conditions or work conditions for people that we might not see. Um, so I think consumers' knowledge and understanding and interest in this is growing. So that will continue to drive more change and therefore more organizations coming about this way mm, absolutely yeah it's kind of like a value perception isn't it it's just wet, you know like the customers seeing the value of all of those things that you're doing and yeah like you say realizing that they need to pay for it which 
no one paid for it before except yeah the earth and the people and so looking to the future a little bit you gave us a little tease before talking about other products and I know that you keep things broad in terms of just being low impact food and drink rather than you know just being beer so I'm really interested to hear if you can give us any more information about and I know you might not be able to but what this looks like down the line for you guys yeah absolutely I mean that's why we've got people like Ben Bailey involved in our organization. So we're, we're the first piece is we started with bread because it's New Zealand's number one most wasted product. So we're reimagining what we can do with our spent grain. So that's going to go into a series of products, which yeah, I'm not going to say what it is just yet because we're playing with a bunch <laughs> of ideas. And then the second, cool. um, second area that we're looking at is vegetables is New Zealand's number two most wasted product. So again, yeah. we've got a series of concepts that we're working on and we're, we're pretty keen to get those moving pretty quickly. And again, we're working with other organizations in that same collaborative style that we are with Sawmill. So everything we do is in collaboration where possible. We've always represent those that we work with. So Sawmill's on our can, Wild Wheat's on our bag, and the new partners will be on, on our products as well because we think it's really important to share so consumers can see who we're working with and they can look there as well if they want to follow out why we chose. Mm, exciting. I, I will definitely be keeping an eye out for what comes next. And is it like, is there potential for this to be, to go beyond New Zealand at some stage or do you keep your focus tight for now? The short answer is, is yeah, we've, some of the products that we're looking at and some of the partnerships that we've got are, there is potential to go to Australia, to Asia, to a further afield. So yeah, we're, we're keeping our eyes and our uh, on the horizon, but also uh, looking down closely as well at the moment. So we think there is. And of course, it's very early days with only just having launched. So you've got to, you can't run before you can walk. Yes. But it's, yeah, I, and I guess it brings in another angle as soon as you start going further afield that it brings in other costs in terms of um, the miles that everything has to travel and things. So it's another factor. Absolutely. And like that's a, that's a really interesting conversation we're having. Do what, what do we produce in New Zealand versus what do you do in the country that you're going to be doing things in? So, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So now kind of uh, to before we wrap up, it's always interesting to hear about the impact of COVID-19 on business. And uh, it's interesting timing, especially for you guys, because you launched during or, you know, like around the time of the first lockdown. And then now we're potent, you know, back into lockdown potentially for a bit. So I'm um, quite a roller coaster, I imagine, for you guys. So what has this all been like for you starting a business during a global pandemic? Yeah, um, it was it was a bit crazy. The first round of COVID, we actually, literally that week, we were about to put our first kegs of beer into brew bars up here in Auckland. Um, and oh, our whole concept, yeah, our whole concept was we wanted to get into brew bars, we wanted to prove the credentials as a beer with those who knew about beer, and then we'd grow. So we had to we had to quickly pivot and go. Well, we didn't know how long. Um, bars and restaurants would be closed so we needed to quickly go to um, grocery so we probably wouldn't have moved to grocery as quickly as we needed to but again because because we had the relationships with Farrow um, up here in Auckland and we had foodstuffs um, they've been incredibly supportive and I know foodstuffs said at the start of COVID look we're not doing any NPI but right through their teams were really supportive of us, helpful, helping us in terms of sharing knowledge and insights. So we were able to keep moving and, and come 
to the market. So we launched on the 1st of July with Faro in Auckland and now we've just got the first products going into foodstuffs um, just over the last week. So it's been quite a quick turn. Um, but Sod's Law, actually just as we we're about to launch with foodstuffs, second wave of COVID hit Auckland. So that sort of also even put a bit of pressure on that. <laughs> so COVID's been challenge challenging. But we've always, it's just, as a small organization, we've been able to adjust and agile. And again, it's working with people that go, okay, well, that's a problem. How do we move on? It's not, it's not been a, a game. It's been a game changer, but um, not a game stopper. And not a roadblock. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And practically, like, do you think that because of everything, like a bit of uncertainty in the general mood at the moment, do you think that people are more nervous about ch making changes, um, you know, like bringing in a new beer, for example, or trying, as a customer, trying a new thing? Or do you think it's more the other way around, that people are bored and they want something, they want to spice things up a little bit? more the second one and I also think there are, we're at home we deserve a treat because it's actually a bit tough um, and also they're looking for products that have got good ethics because they're going hey what how what's our influence how have we created the situation as a group of humans um, so I think actually it's been a double entendre that yep a little bit bored open for something new and and actually that it could be doing some good it's uh, catching people's interest so that's good yeah, absolutely. I think that's really come across as a bit of a silver lining, I guess, so to speak, of, of all of this time is that um, it's partly the, you know, people are more aware of our impact and our vulnerability, like you say, but then also the local angle. Um, have you guys noticed that, that there's a bit of like a lo that love local has, has helped you out a little bit? I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, Craft beer is obviously quite regionally driven as well. Like people do drink beer from local, um, and most of beer um, that's consumed here in New Zealand is New Zealand based. So, a little, um, little less about the local, but it's actually about great sort of Kiwi ingenuity or innovation or trying to do things new in a different way. I think people are getting behind us in that respect, but I'm not sure. That's just a feeling. And I guess that, yeah, the ingenuity part of it does tie in with the local and that it's something that New Zealanders are proud of and that they want to get behind, let's say. Yeah. Um, and then I'm interested to hear as well, because of you, because you do have a role elsewhere too, and this is kind of a passion project for you, how has that all been, especially during this time, with, with everything that's going on? Yeah, so it's, it means that I, I don't get a lot of sleep at the moment. Um, <laughs> but hey, I'm, I'm from a dairy farm, so I learned to get up early in the mornings and I get I get things done early and then um, so it's very much making it work at the moment um, but it's when you're doing something that you really love it's it's great and I've got a very understanding family that have been really supportive and, and involved in the whole project as well so that's great and working from home of course now as well so you yeah so it's, it's immediately save on all sorts of driving around Auckland traffic so it's great yeah, absolutely. I did notice that during lockdown, when we were in lockdown here, that the amount of time you save on commuting, you can get a lot done during that time. Yes, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we wrap up, we always like to end chats with a bit of uh, advice or a tip or something that you've kind of learned along the way that you can take us out with some wisdom. Do you have anything that you can share with us? Um, so I guess, so my, my, my biggest tip or my greatest learning um, from this whole process is we call Citizen a Collective um, and it's about doing things with people and getting people involved because I believe that more minds make better things and um, 
it's it that's been our big learning is no one can do things alone it's always about surrounding yourself with good people and like-minded and passionate people yeah absolutely that's great and that that does come across in what you guys are doing and it sounds like it's going to be even more so going into the future as well so it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on it so please watch this space oh yes definitely will be all right well thank you so much for sharing all of that it was a really interesting journey to hear about like i said i just find that how circular it is so fascinating and i and it's been really great to hear it from you as to how it all works and how it all came together so thank you for that and i yeah like i say look forward to seeing it go forward from here oh thank you so much and thanks for your time i really appreciate it So there you go. As I suspected, that was really fascinating hearing where this all came from and the citizen plans for the future as well. It definitely does live up to its aim of being the most delicious revolution. If you are keen to give Citizen a go and do your bit to support what Don and the team are doing to try and fix this broken food system, you can head to citizen.co.nz and find out where you can try their products. Plus, you can find them on Instagram as well at HeyCitizens. Thanks to you for joining us for this chat. I hope that you found this banging idea as interesting as I did. You can stay up to date on all of the latest Pep Talk news and releases over on Instagram as well, which is at Pep Talk NZ. I will see you over there. And until next time, bye.